Hey, book lovers, we want you to know that Libro FM is the best place to buy your audiobooks because it allows you to buy from your favorite local and independent bookstore. You can choose from more than 150,000 audiobook titles and get recommendations from booksellers around the country, all for the same price as that other company. You know which one I'm talking about. Except with Libro FM, you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. And as always, listeners of the Bookstore Podcast can get two months for the price of one when they use our new promo promo code bookstorepod, all one word, at checkout at Libro.fm. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. With each listen, take pride in knowing you're supporting local bookstores. Welcome to the bookstore. It's like a book club, but we actually read the book. I'm Becca. And I'm Corinne. I don't think we have any news this week off of the top of my head. But um, to remind you that the year is coming to an end, um, as if the signs are not all around you, next month is December. In a few days, it will be December. And our challenge for December is to read a book by an author who shares the same initial as your last name, or you can do it however you want. You can do their name or you know what? You don't even have to participate in the challenge. It's not. Maybe if maybe <laughs> for, you want to do first name or yeah. middle initial, you know, we don't care. <laughs> or maybe like your Goodreads goal and me, you've given up on this long ago. But um, my pick for this challenge is Ice by Anna Cavan, Cavan, Cavan. And Becca's is Y slash N, which I think we have just decided means your name by Esther Yee. That little caveat is not part of the title. It's just Y slash N. Yeah, <laughs> I, think we, <laughs> I think we mentioned in another uh, probably last episode that it was yes, no, but we were just discussing. I think it's about fan fiction or a obsessed fan so it's probably yes. your name is what how yeah. i think um fan fiction writers put that sure i think yes i don't know not something i am all that familiar with Me but neither. we'll go with it and those will be our reads for december and then also in december we'll have our year in review and we will be debuting our 2024 challenge if you can believe it we will continue with the challenges i don't know if we're going to do quite so many artwork things for it because we always forget to use them by february yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know every year i'm like i'm gonna do this and i'm so into it and then i just drop off so i don't know we'll see maybe yeah no promises (laughs) as as always (laughs) There will be at least one graphic that tells you what every month is, I think. Um, yes. But that, that's all I am promising this year as a person who currently does not have a kitchen sink and only has so much bandwidth for <laughs> projects at the moment. But yeah, I think that's all of that on what we're doing coming up. Content and spoiler warnings for this episode. Um, for all of our book and content warnings, um, you can check our show notes. Spoilers are often unavoidable in our conversations because um, these are not just like simple reviews. It's more like a book club discussion. And we do our best to warn you for big spoiler warnings, but the safest bet is always to read the book first. Um, And this week for our November challenge, which is to read a book about death, Becca chose and so she will take the book description from here. Yes. So I chose The Yield by Tara June Winch. And this is, oh, it was published in 2019 by Penguin Random House Australia. And then I believe it was published in 2020 in the U.S. 
I don't know who the publisher is in the U.S. I did not look up that. Anyway, so uh, uh, the yield is about August, who is an Aboriginal Australian woman living in the U.K. when she gets word that her grandfather, Poppy, has died. So she travels back to her hometown in Australia for the funeral and to be with her family. While she's living there... While she's there living with her Nana, Elsie, she finds out that the owners of the land where she grew up, Prosperous House is the name of the house where she grew up, have sold it to a mining company. So interspersed with August's story are two different writers. Uh, One is Poppy writing a dictionary of words that he remembers from his language. Wereggery. With each entry is not just the definition of the word, but also Poppy's remembrances from his childhood. The other writer is Reverend Greenleaf, who is a minister uh, running a mission on Aboriginal land. This is like historical back in the past. And he is seeking to both understand the Aboriginal people and also attempt to assimilate them. And back to August's story, uh, throughout all the funeral arrangements and packing up the house, August has various memories that pop up about her sister, Jetta, who disappeared when they were children and has never been found. So one thing that I really appreciated about this book is that it was not like, <laughs> I want to say translated for American publishing. There's a lot of Australianisms that are kept and not changed. Uh, One Mm -hmm. thing that I noticed is yabbies or yabbies. I can't remember how they pronounce it, but that's crayfish or crawfish or crawdads, depending on what part (laughs) of the U.S. you're from. Another one is Arvo, which just means afternoon. But I thought I really liked that, that it was kept because it always, to me, is sort of distracting when you're reading a book that's that is like set in like the UK and they're calling a sidewalk a sidewalk instead of a pavement. And I guess Mm -hmm. you kind of have to know about those differences. But I just like it because it feels in this case, it feels more Australian to be able yeah, to read those very specific words. <laughs> to and you're Australia. basically Australian because you lived of there course. for a little while. Of so. course. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the writing in general was really quite good. Like the descriptions of, of the setting, especially of the setting, I think. And like what people looked like, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, like I think I think on a description level, the book is great. I'm trying to dance around uh, the other part, which is that I found the story, the way it was structured to be maybe less than satisfying. But yeah, that, I guess that will depend on what you would like to talk about. Next. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess that is I mean, it's a good place to <laughs> jump off from because, <laughs> yeah, I found it like just sort of confusing the way it was made because it's a pretty interesting plot, right? So mm-hmm. August, like I didn't mention this, but eventually there's some protesters who are protesting the mine. So you have the the owners of the land who is actually like the parents of her friend Eddie who are white and then you have August's family who are aboriginal and then you also have these like environmentalist activists people who are right. you know trying to block the mine because i think it's a tin mine and those are very yes. bad as far as i know so it's like you have all of these pieces and August is like 
this takes a really long time. I'm thinking I almost it's almost feels like a spoiler because it takes so long to get to the point. Like uh-huh. two thirds of the way through the book, you finally we finally find August is like, what if we can figure out that this land has historical significance and we right. can save <laughs> yes. it? And then yeah. my grandma doesn't have to move. I don't have to leave the house where I last saw my sister who has disappeared. Right. And it's wild because I don't know what she does leading up to that. I mean, nothing. Well, I don't know anything. Let's be honest. I know nothing about August at all, except for that she moved to the UK and was a dishwasher for 10 years and apparently has spoken to no one (laughs) in 10 years. She goes, she washes dishes, she goes home and sometimes gets books from the library. I think is it it talks about her reading books sometimes. But like she is like, I, you know, I can understand her being depressed. Um, She had like a pretty impoverished upbringing her mother was in prison um you know i mean while she loved living with her nana and poppy um like awful things happened while she was with them not because it was their fault or anything but because that's just the way it it turned out and Mm -hmm. you know i can understand her being depressed but like whenever she talks about where she like came from it just it feels like this big crazy black hole that that eats up like any semblance of like a personality or character that she has. Yeah. And it just, in some ways it it did remind me of woman of light because Mm -hmm. of how passive she was, um, which was like a bit of a bummer because like we spend so much time seeing what she's doing there over like the course of just a couple of days. And it's painstakingly slow. (laughs) Like you said, it is. It's very much. She, she, washes dishes she makes tea she says a few words to her grandmother she goes outside she goes upstairs she finds she sees eddie they kiss within like the first three minutes she finds and she does things that like just don't because we don't know her these things don't make sense so she's back because she's mourning her grandfather who raised her she goes Mm -hmm. upstairs finds his bible and throws it in the trash yeah i don't and that could be like, I'm not saying that nobody would ever do that. It's very likely that a lot of people would do that. But because I don't know anything about her other than she's incredibly sad about losing Poppy, it feels just honestly just sort of dumb. Why would you <laughs> yeah. throw away your grandfather's Bible? I don't care that you're not Christian. Uh-huh. It's still something of his. What if he wrote that was in the probably margins? very important. To you him. know, yeah. it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me, especially because I think even at that point, she's look, she's heard that he had been writing a dictionary. And I think that's the interesting thing, too, is she heard that he'd been writing a dictionary and she's looking for it. She's like aware of it and she wants to know where it is. Like, it just seems interesting that you would toss out a book without like bothering to really look, look at it when you yeah. know that and you're looking for anything that has you know that he was working on or with and also just interesting that she was you know looking for that so hard but like never had the consideration really to like is there a way we could stop this mine also interesting is that her grandmother who was apparently a huge aborigine uh activist as a young woman is also so passive about stopping the mine like it seems like she would have been 
she would have known these things, right? Like that, that if they had some sort of cultural significance, if they could prove the cultural significance of the land to them, that they would be able to stop it like legally. But her, her grandma just does nothing. I mean, I know she's mourning, but she knew about the mine before he was dying. So, I mean, it's, yeah. they have this, there's this conversation where, August, the grandmother tells her, yeah, we got to leave. And then August later has a conversation with one of her aunts. And she's like, wait, does do we really have to leave? I mean, for real? Is the land still <laughs> is the land sold? And it's like, wait, I what? So you didn't <laughs> believe your grandmother? Do you have do you think that she's like a liar normally? Or like, why would she not be telling you? It's just like, there's some things in this that I just don't understand the choices of this character. I think it's just that everybody seems that again, I'm going to use passive again and again, but like everyone does just seem like super passive. <laughs> like, no, everyone's just kind of like passing through life, like not, I don't know, just, just floating on through. Yeah, just kind of crazy, except for, you know, Poppy, who who was working on the dictionary, we assume to establish this, like, this cultural significance kind of like barrier that they have to reach in order to protect it. But then again, why didn't he tell anybody what it was for? I don't know. And I think there is something like, maybe, maybe to be said about Aboriginal people, maybe not even knowing their history entirely and so they can't uh-huh. give it to their children because there's some moments like I'm just jumping ahead when August is in the museum and it's like she's sort of learning about these things for the first time uh-huh and I'm not sure whether that's for the reader's benefit right or if we're supposed to believe that August has never heard of what aboriginal people suffered which i mean to be fair that is a thing that has existed in the united states too i mean we we had the same kind of like colonial projects put in place Mm -hmm. that were specifically designed to cut off children from the the culture that they came from and it was extremely successful so yeah i mean like there there may be that but i think my point is just like he was clearly working on the dictionary I don't know if that was just a personal project of his. I assumed it had to do something with like establishing this or sharing with his family and uh, the the people in their community. But the fact that it seems to have sort of been kept a secret or was it because it was also just like at her aunt's house. So I don't know. That, D- did, well, yeah. <laughs> here's what I'll say about that is, yes, I agree. And I wish that we had more of Poppy and more of Reverend Greenleaf, to be honest. And I'll talk about the poppy thing first, and then I'll explain (laughs) why I think there should have been more (laughs) Greenleaf, because I know that (laughs) he's not a good person. But but Poppy's dictionary, I think, could have been expanded and to sort of understand more about his motivations. And if he wasn't teaching August and Jetta about these things, or he didn't teach his children, why? I think that it would have been the perfect opportunity using wor- those words to explain why he didn't. Did he feel mm-hmm. shame? Did he feel outside pressure from, you know, to make sure that the girls assimilated? Like, I don't know. And I think the dictionary, I wish 
August's story was the shortest. Yes. And I yeah. know that that would make it much less accessible to a lot of readers, I would say. I feel like I could read a whole book with just the dictionary telling the story because mm-hmm. that would be some. But it's kind of unique. You know, it's not that's right. not like a, a regular sort of narrative that you're right. used to. But I could do it. <laughs> and then reverend greenleaf i thought was interesting because here you have somebody who thinks they're doing good but they're really not totally doing good Mm -hmm. but they and it's clear you know i don't it was clear to me that winch was not writing greenleaf that we were to think he was good you know what i mean right so to me i like those sort of i like when people can write a really a complicated, you know, not great person in that way and show us that they're not good, whereas also like writing from their perspective. I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. And I really wanted to learn more about his story because for me, a lot of ways it's to learn about historical things. It's kind of best if you condense it into like, what is one story? Let me follow the story of one community or one person right, and see what happened to them. And then that, I think, makes it easier to understand the sort of historical events. I agree. So Greenleaf was, uh, he was like the pastor at this mission. He was sent to set up this mission, which was called, which was what would eventually become Prosperous House, the house that um, August grew up in with her grandparents. And I assume... This mission was a colonial project, um, not assume it was a colonial project. I think you could, there is a reading in there that is more generous to Reverend Greenleaf, but maybe that is, you know, partially what a lot of Christian ministers are looking for. Like they feel pity for the, you know, native people, wherever it is that they're, they're doing a mission or whatever, but also in their practice of setting up the mission, they are making these people a target and also uh, assisting in like their impoverishment. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is just like, it is, it is very complicated, right? Because while he didn't necessarily like wish them ill or death or, you know, whatever, he also wasn't part of the he was part of the mechanism that is taking their land and their traditions from them yeah exactly like was he as bad as the people who literally just go in to kill them and commit other acts of violence no no but yeah yeah, he is part of the wider issue uh so i thought that like if we could have gotten a succession of different letters from him instead of like i guess one long letter I know that would that seemed so funny to me that like uh, when she finds it at the library or whatever because it was like it, it, the letter was apparently like serially reproduced in like a newspaper. She says it's like fifteen pages long, and I was like, that simply cannot be true. I know <laughs> I have read more than fifteen pages of it. I uh, the the part that was odd is like he gets like thrown out of Australia apparently due to like anti-German sentiment during World War One or World War Two. I don't remember. And yeah, that's fine. And I know that is like a true thing that happened when those wars happened. But I'm like, I 
sorry, I don't care about learning about this <laughs> at this point in this story. I don't I want to learn more about the people of the mission. You know, I don't right. want to yeah. learn about yeah. the weird laws that Australia did or didn't do against German people. I'm just not right. This isn't what it's about. It felt like it was like throwing some like random plot in there that didn't need I to be there. I wonder if it's because he was based on a real person yeah. um, that does show up in the, the the notes of the book. So I wonder if that was part of that man's actual story, which, you know, interesting, I guess. But in terms of the plot of the book, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> not Maybe not the most, like, pertinent information. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I also wish that it was just, yeah. It, so she... She is looking for this information because she goes she goes to the library one day and she finds out that her, her grandfather had taken out like 40 books about Australian history, specifically like in Australian Aboriginal history. And clearly he was working on some sort of project. Uh, what I think is interesting is like we don't necessarily ever figure out what that project was. I mean, it, I guess it, it may have only had to do with his dictionary, I guess. But it, it is kind of fascinating that, like, we get all of that. We know that it's it's like a huge research thing he's working on. And then it, aside from the fact that that's like how Prosperous House came to be, there is nothing really tying Reverend Greenleaf to the rest of the story, like in any, I don't know, tangible way. <laughs> so I don't know. To me, it felt a little bit like hodgepodge in yeah. that respect. And the only thing that I can think of is the fact that he was like encouraging the people to make different items and then he was the one who sent them into the museum and those are the oh, cards okay. that eddie gotcha gave to gotcha august i must have yeah slid over that part so it was gotcha. his, because it was, i thought i thought that it was eddie's family that had that turned those items well, in. well okay we got to talk about this <laughs> This is like getting towards the end. So I'm sorry, but it's kind of a spoiler, <laughs> but I can't. This is the things that happen in the book. I have to talk yeah. about them. So Eddie and August are like about to have sex. And oh God. August. <laughs> this all happens nude. Is, yeah. Wants. I kept thinking, is he hard still? Like <laughs> at what point? <laughs> Do you let me know that? <laughs> but anyway, so there and then August like doesn't in the middle of it. She doesn't want to have sex and she wants to talk about her sister. And again, this is fine. This is very awkward and odd for a person to do. And I yeah. don't know that we got enough of August to really justify the fact that this is the moment when she's thinking about her sister. Well, Okay, so this, we'll have to put this in the, the content warnings for sure, but this happens like a day after she has this realization that she and her sister had been molested by an uncle. Mm. Oh, um, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's at least why she is not, pre or like she, she does not want to have sex. Okay. Well, um, that makes so sense that, then. Yeah. That made sense to me. But the way that the rest of this whole thing plays out was like the most bizarro world version of it. I feel like he gets like immediately angry, which I shouldn't say like it's not uncommon. I don't think for some men to get angry when somebody revokes consent. So that's not like 
crazy or anything. But then what he ends up doing is like running out and like throwing in her face that his family gave away all of these artifacts to the museum, which was just so strange because it seemed like he was like throwing it in her face. Yeah. Like, ha ha. And so I... The tone was really confusing to me. It was odd because it was like he was saying, look what we did for you. Yeah. But also saying you have nothing. Like they were allowed to live on his land. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that I don't like it is because I just don't think it's it's again an example of like August being like totally passive. She -hmm. didn't do anything to find those proof of the artifacts right somebody else did something Uh it actually enacted something pretty horrible to her yeah verbally abusive at best yeah and that's how she got that information it felt i don't know it just feels very odd it was it was a very yeah that whole scene i again i couldn't quite figure out the tone of it i was like so he's so mad i don't know like it just it it seemed so i don't know weird yeah i i couldn't i couldn't grasp like what his goal was in doing it and i wonder if it was just it was mostly motivated by trying to move the plot along i guess which yeah. like you know things happening in your book should move the plot along but it just felt like you could see the mechanics at that moment in a weird and awkward way, which is kind of like how a lot of it goes because then she and her aunt find out about this and they go to return her rental car to the airport because she decides to stay in Australia. And on the way, they decide to stop at the museum that these artifacts are supposed to be in. And then she kind of like, she's basically like, I don't know. She's like ready to give up. Yeah, I had a big problem with this too. I couldn't quite figure out what her... (laughs) She goes through the museum and it's really powerful so much so that her aunt can't even be inside. She has to go outside. Yeah. And then it's like August finds somebody to talk to, asks, asks about these specific artifacts and then they're like, okay, well, you have to like fill out a form. And then she's like, okay. And then she walks out. Her aunt is like, okay, I'm ready now. I can go through this with you. And then August is like, nope, I already did it. I got the forms. They won't show them to us. And again, I am not saying that that's not realistic to how that might go. That it's like you, somebody would just give up because they've been told and rejected, you know, no, so many times. No, because she was, I think. The the items were not on display at the time, but they were in the the museum's collection, and they had to fill out the paperwork in order to go view the items. I think the yeah. the, the museum was going to allow them to see them, like in a private collection or whatever. Not private, but you know, uh, in in the museum's collection, not out on display. Yeah, I guess. It, and to me, that's not even like it actually doesn't really matter whether they were, whether they weren't, like whether it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is again another roadblock that we always run into. The way they react to it again is so much is so like, all right. And it's like, wait yeah. a second. Like, even if you think that this is the end, they're never going to show it to you because of racism, you know? Yeah. You should have more of a reaction. Well, and I think, again, I was confused by the reaction because I couldn't figure out if that was somehow supposed to mean that they couldn't get what they wanted or needed. 
You know what I mean? It's confu- it is confusing because in the interaction, it's so short. I guess that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, it's so short and ev- all the sentences are very like very plain and simple and to the point. She goes, uh-huh. she gets the forms, she leaves. There's no actual conversation really with the people or anything like that. So we don't even really know what was said in that situation. Yeah. It just, it seemed strange, like, considering they drove all that way, went and spoke to the people to then just be like, well, I give up, you know, when when I don't even know if the people told her what they told her, if they told her no, if it meant that nothing was going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, that I just know. seems strange. So then they go, when they go back to the to the farm to, to Prosperous, it, like, the place is on fire. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because of, because of the the protesters, some guy threw a Molotov cocktail, I guess, and set but the But don't on fire. worry, the protesters <laughs> made some kind of fire break around the house. Yeah, so the house was always going to be safe. Uh, yeah, and then like it, it goes like it goes like from zero to like ten thousand super fast. Like the stakes were just like so incredibly high that like the whole place was just suddenly on fire. Like it, and it was like the last fifteen percent of the book. I don't yeah. know. It was just wild. <laughs> And then the way she finds out that her Aunt Mary has the dictionary, it's, I just, she's been asking people, who has it? Who has it? Where is it? And everybody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, she finds out that Mary has it. And she goes to talk to her and get it. And her aunt's like, we can get it tomorrow and slams the door in her face. And that's it. And she's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. And then she, well, then she's like, oh, I'll get it from her office. And then she goes and gets her cousin Joey and they're going to like break into the the council offices. And then she's like, nah, never mind. I don't want to. I, it's so, yeah. It's so wishy washy. It was like really hard to follow those motivations. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't quite figure out like, what purpose that was supposed to serve also <laughs> so mary basically blackmailed the mining company right because she Maybe. said i have this <laughs> book that is proof i have this book that is proof of our historical significance of this land uh-huh i won't i'll burn it if you give me this amount of money oh however I thought Eddie's family owned Prosperous House and they sold the land. Yeah, they did. So what does Mary... So Mary just negotiated a back-end deal? Yes, because she had a way to stop it because of the cultural significance, but she was going to destroy the cultural significance in order to get money from them. Which is also fine, but also really interesting. Yeah, (laughs) Why? What kind of person does that? <laughs> I would have liked to learn more about that and how that yeah, happened. Yeah. What kind of mining company? Is this like a thing that like that's what mining companies do? I, I don't know. It's I it's, suppose if they want the money and then th- from the land. I got to talk about the very end. OK, uh-huh. so all of the protesters are like chaining themselves somewhere to a fence. So the mining company doesn't like bulldoze them over and August and Joey, we bu- we barely know Joey, but he's there. And they <laughs> chain themselves. Joey's mom, Missy, who is the aunt that went to the museum, she chains herself. But then she unchains herself and goes away. And they go through like, I keep wanting to call it power washing. 
but that's not <laughs> high pressure water, you know, spraying on yeah, them. Fire and hoses. Fire or hoses. Yeah. Yes. All this stuff. But what stops the mine is the mine mining company's own equipment, like knocking over a tree and digging up a graveyard. That protesting also didn't do anything. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess if that was how it was going to work in real life, that's how it was going to work. But again, in a book full of just like passive passiveness, it, it does kind of like underscore that, doesn't it? Like, it and does. then like also Aunt Mary runs out and she's like, I've got the tape recordings. I've got them. I've got them. And they're like, stop the presses because we've got the cultural significance right here on this recorder. And then and then the tree knocks over. And it, so, I mean, like everything in the end I guess was kind of pointing to this project never going through anyway, because they would have found that graveyard. They would have, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just all kind of, and that and yeah. honestly, that could be super interesting is the idea that you went through all this protesting and it actually didn't matter. Right. At all. Like I, that is interesting. That would be something that I would like to read about somebody exploring for themselves. Like, how did that feel? The, also, the the protesters being there to witness the graveyard, yeah. you know, may have been important, too, because then there were witnesses. They couldn't have just, like, covered it up or, like, buried, you know, the bones or something somewhere else. So, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily to say that, like, none of it was worth anything. But and it, it did cause a change. It did at least cause a change in August because I guess technically she stopped being quite so passive when she first meets Mandy, who I thought she was going to have a lesbian love affair mm-hmm. with. Um, I was hoping. That never never turned into anything. She she did seem kind of like, ugh, who is this, you know, this person? Not, no, nothing you can do can ever make a difference. But then at the end, she, she is part of that group who yeah. is protesting. So I guess there is some change in her in that respect. Yeah. What I don't get is if the museum had the artifacts from this area, how is that not already cultural significance? Right. Wouldn't they have known where it was from? Right. Unless they didn't know. But, but we just don't know either way. Right. Also, in the notes of the book, it does say that Australia is basically like the only colonial nation or whatever that does not have a treaty with its native people. Wow. I didn't so know that. Maybe it's like and and I'm I could be quoting that incorrectly. I just listened to it on an audiobook. So um, but. Uh, you know, maybe part of that is just that, like, I mean, like all bureaucracy too, like not particularly organized. Mm-hmm. So, who yeah, knows? yeah, that's true. But yeah, it could have been tighter, especially for like attempting to put in like so much there at the end. I think definitely could have been a. And then also with the her sister having disappeared, like that whole plot line was kind of I don't know deeply unsatisfying it felt abandoned you know yeah, yeah, Which yeah i think that there was just so much of this that was so good like the beginnings of things that are very good especially if august could have like played detective and actually went and found the cultural significance instead of it sort of happening to her mm-hmm. but with jetta it just sort of made me sad because we yeah. it, it felt like a footnote it was like, oh, by the way, we never found Jetta. Yeah. It wasn't her bones. But also, I mean, they must have known. 
they must have found out what happened to her because that was all in Poppy's writing. Yeah, but they and but we don't see that. I, I guess that's the thing is we don't see them re- see August react to that. Really, I know, and that's know. the thing that is I feel like would be so interesting and emotional is to yeah. find out that Poppy did this first of all. Well, it didn't didn't kill well Jetta or yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He was protecting Jetta. Yes. And and then also had to carry this extremely heavy secret his entire life. Right. And I think we get a lot of that from his dictionary. We get the feeling of like all of this all of this trauma that he's had to carry his whole life. Mm-hmm. And then we also get where he gets visited like by the spirits of his ancestors who help him who make him feel yeah. like pride in his heritage and that's what I, yeah and then we just don't that's why i wish we had more from the dictionary from i know because poppy, poppy was such a fascinating person i agree then this is like the second kind of not necessarily like family saga but like family historical fiction kind of book that we've read this year and both of them do this thing where they spend so so much time with this like really passive granddaughter Mm -hmm. (laughs) um when like everything that's more interesting is is the history of it and i agree i think i think if this had been like if the dictionary entries had been interspersed with a, a narrative about his life it would have been much more interesting and satisfying yeah. In that way. Uh, I feel bad because like you said at the top, the writing is actually good. It's yeah. just the substance of it. Or well, yeah, the pacing, yeah. The, the way that it, it's it's kind of constructed all kind of make for something like a little bit less than memorable. But I don't know. There was one part that made me cry, which was that I think she's talking to her aunt Missy and it, it was about poppy dying and he said that no one should be afraid to fall asleep and uh and that like that actually made me cry yeah (laughs) i actually love the interactions between august and missy Mm -hmm. not we didn't get very many of them but i also very much found missy interesting yeah i think it was just like it's such a roller coaster because there'd be moments that were really good and i got really into and then i would get this long stretch of august and it was rough to get through. Yeah. <laughs> just not, yeah. just kind of boring, honestly. Yeah, I wish it would have chosen to be either thing. I wish it would have chosen to either be, you know, the story of her sister and what happened there and finding that out and, and coming to terms with that. Or the story of reclaiming, like, the cultural significance of their heritage yeah. and um and and bringing that back to the forefront and allowing like their community to have that back but both of them together just kind of was a little bit muddled yeah um i will say there is a movie that is based on a book the movie is called rabbit proof fence the book is mm-hmm. follow the rabbit proof fence by doris pilkington garamara and it's about the Stolen Generation, which is a period in uh, Australian history where in the Aboriginal children were taken from 
their families and basically put into something kind of like the mission or like a boarding school. And they were trained in the U.S., the residence schools. Yes. Yep. And they were trained to in Australia. I believe they were mainly trained to like be servants for white people. Mm -hmm. And the movie is really good. And it focuses on just like a couple girls and what happens to them. But yeah, anyway, I just want to recommend that if anybody hasn't seen it, because it's really good. It is absolutely devastating. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be ready that it's not you're going to (laughs) cry. And, you know, I, I knew next to nothing about Australian history and quote unquote, like prehistory, etc. So this, this didn't, you know, this wasn't like a history text or anything, but it did bring up a lot of things for me to look into that Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of. You know, I, I think in the United States, we learn like a little bit about like how the Native American peoples ended up here. But I literally never thought about how you know, indigenous people ended up in Australia. Um, So, I mean, their history goes back, you know, like 50,000 years or whatever. I mean, it's, it's incredibly ancient. So um, a lot of interesting stuff to think about and like learn about there. So, and I think I didn't read the notes at the end, but I think she includes like a ton of sources, which also it's like, look, you don't need to prove to me that an indigenous population was horrifically mistreated by colonizers. But obviously, the sources are good. um, And she does, I think, include those. And they're a good place to look to if you wanted to find out more, too. So yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the bookstore. If you would like to support the podcast beyond listening, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the bookstore or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find all of the ways to contact us at thebookstorepodcast.com. Our next book discussion will be Ice by Anna Caven. Anna Caven. You can find it at your local bookstore or library and read along with us. The Bookstore is a production of Awkwardly Social Media, produced by Becky Young and Corinne Keener. Technical and production support is provided by Josh Burdon and Zach Titus. And John, if you're out there, thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. I think the first one sounded more confident.